My name's Tomo and welcome to my race chinwag. For every single Formula One race this year, pre and post race, we'll be talking all about it live on YouTube. But this is the audio only version just for your nice, cute little ears. Give us a like, five star, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you're listening and let's crack on. And we are back. Welcome to the pre-race chinwag. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, whoever you are, wherever you are in the world, welcome. Thank you for joining me today. We are live. Let's talk about it. Let's roll the intro. Oh, I tell you what, even though it shouldn't be, because it's actually warmed up a bit in the UK, I am still chilly. My little study at the back of the house. It gets much colder in here than it does in the rest of the house, seemingly. Um, but yeah, welcome everyone. Hello, Timber, Jozo, Shanky, Daddy Fett, Carlos, Aprox, Tub, Sava, Nathan, Thomas, Risa, Christian, Dupex, Professor Z, Nedo, Hamza, Rainman, Lewis, Ethan, Manraj, Rick, Amy, TJ. It feels like ages since I've done one of these. Always, whenever, whenever there's like a week between races, it always feels ages. And then we've got a massive break after this, haven't we? We haven't got a race for like three weekends um, between Australia and Baku. And thank you, Daddy Fett, for joining Friends of Thomas. Well, I appreciate it. Um, welcome, everyone. Thank you all for joining me today, wherever you are in the world. Um, any Australians in the chat? Um, you should be in bed by now. Um, it's gonna be a uh, gonna be a brutal one this weekend for us Europeans, but hey, we don't get we don't have to tolerate this very often. So I'm not complaining, all right. Don't worry, I'm not moaning about it. I'm just saying. Um, what well, it's six a.m. race start UK time, and quality is quality six as well, I think. Um, but yeah, hopefully, I mean Melbourne's. Melbourne's up there for me in terms of Grand Prix. I want to visit. It really is. Um, maybe next year. Maybe next year. I would love to go. I would love to. The the vibes just seem to be immaculate. It, it seems that the organisers really make an effort as well to to get the fans close to the drivers, which we don't see at all because because every single race is organised independently to one another so it might all be under the f1 brand but the actual exposure the you know having been to you know silverstone canada miami they're all very different experiences um so yeah i would love to go that would be great but we'll see one, one day maybe one day maybe um yeah exactly time zone for you lot um in that part of the world um you know it, it's about time you got and hopefully look I, i'm all for seeing the uh I'm all for seeing the calendar become becoming less European centric long term. Um, you know, get get a race in Africa, go back to Malaysia. You know, there's plenty of you know Philippines, in, Indonesia, huge populations where we don't have a race. So um, hopefully, in time, it becomes less European centric. That's what I'd like to see anyway, because it should be a should be a world sport. You know what I'm saying? It should be a world sport. Um, same time I sign. Yeah, true. To any parents watching, if you've got uh, kids who wake you up in the middle of the night, or Minton who's asleep on the floor, I'll, I'll get him out at the end. Um, he woke me up at f half five this morning because he wanted to go to the toilet. Um, and Hannah, I don't know if Hannah's watching. She said she'd be watching. Uh, she just she she sleeps through completely. Whereas I've if he scratches even just a little on the door, I'm awake. So. Um, yeah, not ideal for me, but never mind. 
It's uh, another way, another way in which I'm an amazing husband. Okay, that's all I'll say. Um, yeah, the violin. Julia, I saw um, Max Verstappen's been donning the old uh, like blonde, not mullet, just blonde wig under his hat. Max, he kind of suits the blonde. I remember seeing a picture out ages ago, and I don't know if it was a filter, but it made Max's hair look really blonde, like his normal hair look really blonde. And I was like, that kind of suits him, you know. That actually kind of suits him. Um, and obviously Valtteri. Um, we've not just got one Australian Oscar Piastri, but Valtteri with his um, <laughs> with his with his what with his vest, with his tan lines, with his mullet, with his thongs as you call them. Thongs, what a weird! It's a flip flop, mate. Come on. <laughs> but yeah, Max, Max is feeling it. It's, it's good vibes in Australia. I do miss it as a season opener. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. But anyway, right? Shall we? Uh, shall we? Shall we talk about this weekend then? Shall, shall we? Shall we get into it? Shall we get into it? Because as always, this is going out live on YouTube. So thank you to everyone who's in live chat joining me live on YouTube. Four hundred eighty-two of you at the moment, um, and thank you to everyone who's watching after the fact. Most of you watch this after as a vod, okay? And also listen, listen, audio only platforms linked in description. If you want to Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Wherever you listen to your audio only stuff, all right, all right, okay. I've got, I've got, I've just got to shill the audio only. We almost had a thousand. We, I think we had over a thousand listens um, on the last one, which is pretty cool. So, anyway, right, boom. Round three. Australia. <laughs> I really should be able to do a good Australian accent because I've got family in Australia. I've been to Australia a few times now, um, but I can't. So, um, Mark is thongs, mate. What do you mean, bro? Have you? Oh, wait. I thought you were you were a British person asking why is it? Why do you call it a thong? But you're not because it's the two Aussie dollars. Cheers, Mark. Um, it's come on. It's a flip flop, mate. Behave, behave. Come on now. <laughs> um, yeah, good to be back. Um, changes to the track fourth DRS zone. Um has been introduced to the Albert Park street circuit, but kind of not street circuit hybrid. Very similar to uh, Canada in that regard. Um, you know, I walked around Canada after the race um, around the track and it doesn't feel like a street circuit at all, really. Um, and I get the same kind of vibes from 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 Albert Park. Although, I've, again, I've been to Melbourne, you know, a few times and I've never actually been to Albert Park. So um, sacrilege, I know. Shocking. Um, yeah, so they're, my understanding is that they're aiming for four DRS zones. Now, in the past, they have taken it away, didn't they? Last year, they took it away, but I think they want to try it out again. Um, yeah, as a park set, exactly. It's, it's, a, it's a hybrid, you know, best of both worlds. And um, yeah, so they've done that. Um, obviously, they made the track changes last year to make it quicker anyway. Um, so with a fourth DRS zone, it's, you know, for all intents and purposes, we should be expecting some, um, some high speed action and some, you know what, like when you think back to what last season we had Fernando Alonso in an Alpine, almost put it on the front, if not second row in qualifying hydraulic fouled into the wall, bang, which also broke his wrist in it as well, broke his hand in some way. 
And then you had the McLarens finish, what, fifth and sixth, I think it was. Um, Ricardo and Norris both had a strong race, which I was like... <laughs> Daniel's, Daniel had a sh shocking career when it came to, to Australia. Um, it, it seemed like every time he went to Australia, he had a stinker. I just remember when he mullered the front wing of his Renault um, in, what, 2019, 2020, wherever it was. Um, 2019, obviously, it would have been. And, yeah, it was... I just... I, I do wonder if we're going to see... Because it was quite competitive at the sharp end. We obviously had Ferrari do a good job. I, I, I think, yeah, Albon... One stop, high IQ play, exactly Savar as well. I don't know. I don't know. it Because it, it's hard to look past a certain team in <coughs> blue, red and yellow, isn't it? But anyway, last time out, Charles Leclerc did take the win. Um, that Ferrari was porpoise. I, I still remember my, my clearest memory from this race isn't qualifying, isn't even Albon doing the one stop. My clearest memory is seen on lap one, the picture of the cars, what's, you know, the, the really quick left-right kind of, it's not a chicane, it's like the really quick left-right, whatever it's called, whatever the corner is. Um, and seeing, I think it was Charles in the leading Ferrari, just porpoising like mad. I just remember, I'm feeling like, what's there? Is that, is that got like airbag suspension or something? I mean, oh, you're strolling the Latifi crash as well? There she is, here's the wife. Um, hello, hello. Strong on the Tifi crack. I completely forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, bit of a shocker. Well, look, Latifi's gone, and there's much bigger rear view mirrors this year. So, hopefully, that should, you know, circumvent. Crazy porpoising, but he didn't complain. The thing is, right, I guess there's always a line, isn't there? If you're porpoising like crazy, but you're winning, then you're gonna grin and bear it and take it, I think. I mean, it depends to what extremity, because obviously Baku was ridiculous with Lewis. In that example with Lewis and Baku, you know, if that Porpoisin had existed um, on that track, in that car, but that car was competitive and winning the race, then, you know, it's, it's, it's difficult, isn't it? And and I think, well, there, there was talk, wasn't there, the... Um, the, the article that was brought into place to, to mandate the maximum amount of porpoising, I believe that's been rescinded. I could be wrong, but I think that's been that's been a, that's been dropped because the raising the floor edges seems to have done the job. Although part of me is like, why wouldn't you just keep measuring that anyway to make sure that you don't get too much porpoising? But then also, obviously, there's all these extra steps that go into to measuring it so I guess if you feel like it's not a necessity then bidding off the rule I guess I can kind of understand it um, but there you go cheers again Mark predictions mate I've got Checo Max Alonso easy well look them three do seem to be the new um, Hamver bot didn't they the Hamver bot of this generation is Ver Per Allo Ver, ver no nah, it doesn't have the same ring to it does it Ver Per Allo it just doesn't roll off the Tongue, you know what I'm saying? But we'll see. Anyway, right, okay. Driver standings. Where do we stand? Two rounds in Verstappen and Perez split by a point. All that um, fastest lap point came up 
dividends. Fernando's still keeping them honest, you know, 30 points, only 14 off of Max, which, um, look, there's so much discourse, obviously, um, you know, we, we jump to conclusions, that's what we do as fans, we, we see what we're presented with, you, you know, you extrapolate from what the performance deficit is at the moment, you, you like to think, you know, 10, 20 races into the season, the deltas between cars won't be the same as they are now and certainly hope they won't be bigger than they are now um at least at the front because when you look at the rest of the field if if red bull weren't if red bull and ferrari had done an equal job going into this year so the ferrari red bull gap was the same as it was last year but then everything else is the same where the mercedes is pretty on pace with the Ferrari the Aston Martin is arguably quicker we're having a worldly of a season it's just that oh, it's, just, it, some, it's just one team it's always it, well a lot of the time it's one team it's just like Mercedes and the dominant if you just want so it would have been so much more interesting and now Red Bull is just like just just stop just just have a couple of weeks off Red Bull you can afford it Let's make it a bit more interesting, right? Just just retire the cars for a couple. Just stay in Milton Keynes, you know? Put your feet up. Summer's coming in the UK, gradually, slowly. Still pretty cold. Um, just, yeah, put your feet up. Chill. But yeah, the, the, the longer that Fernando can keep picking up P3s and the more that Aston Martin can utilise that ATR time and actually, you know, deliver with it, then the more chance we've got for something... Look, it's two of 23 rounds. 23 rounds we've had two. Like, come on. We've still got a long way to go. We're not even a tenth of the way into the season. Um, however, don't get me wrong. It's going to take a huge amount for uh, for it to not be a... Uh, but look, I, I would take it if it's a if it's a Perez-Verstappen fight. Look, from, from the evidence we've seen of, the, of them two's teammates, um, honest, obviously, I can't... Like if I'm going to put money on it, obviously I'm not. I'm not saying like Verstappen's going to be get you know get troubled by Checo throughout the season. You know we haven't seen evidence to 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 you know if you think Perez is going to challenge Max genuinely this season, that has to be mainly based off of copium and hopes and dreams because you look at the deltas relative over the course of a whole season for their two full seasons they've had together. You know, but. Remains to be seen. They can't close the one se second gap. Yeah, well, you say that, but, you know, you look at the Aston Martin, look at how much performance that car gained by getting on the right philosophy. I don't think, you know, you look at qualifying, I, I don't think, in my opinion anyway, there's... The, the golf, the, the size of the golf isn't in quality trim, you know, which is Red Bull fine with that. They can be cool with that because you don't win points on a Saturday. Um... The, the, the size of the golf is in in race trim, where, yeah, in race trim, the Red Bull is, yeah, like a second a lap quicker because it's just got, you know, some mad operating window. It's just an all-rounder. It's got this stupidly good DRS, um, tons of downforce on it. Boom, like, happy days for, from their point of view. Um, I think ultimate pace, I think, you know, um, Ferrari, Aston Martin, Mercedes aren't a mile off, but... It's being able to unlock that pace consistently throughout a race, which is where Red Bull just, you know, fly away. But um, 
we'll see. We'll see. Remains to be seen. Um, not too much interesting really to dive in on from a driver's standards point of view yet. Um, but then constructors, yeah. Again, it's um, it seems like a Red Bull. I mean, Kate well, constructors Red Bull. It has to. It's going to be, isn't it? It's surely, like. I'm more confident in, in Red Bull constructors than, than drivers. Obviously, I'm confident in both, but um, you got to say Checo is, is stepping up from what we've seen so far. It's just, can he retain it? Again, I've said this before, many a time, Bottas would win the season opener in Australia. And be, oh my God, is, is, that, is, this, is this the year he's going to challenge Lewis, you know? Is he going to do it? And it just never happened. So... Um, so yeah, is what it is. Is what it is. Um, anyone else read? Uh, yeah. Alpine kind of clear of the rest. McLaren waiting on their upgrades. McLaren has talked about a bunch of upgrades coming, but um, we'll dive into that into a bit more detail as we go. Right, cool. Predictions. Predictions for this weekend. I did poll you lot. I did remember this time to uh, take the results from the poll and actually put it into my graphic. So well done me. Um it doesn't often happen. I usually make a mistake. I'm sure I've messed something up in this stream, but we'll get to that. So, predictions for the 2023 Australian Grand Prix. Thank you, Ben. I appreciate the support. Are as follows. Of 1,201 votes, we've got 60% of you going Max Verstappen win. We've got 21% of you giving Fernando the worldy drive. We've got 32% giving Nick De Vries the stinker drive. Worldy team, 34% Red Bull, stinker team, 32% Alpha Dowry. Dear, dear, dear. Um, yeah, I mean, again, no no massive surprises here. Not expecting too much from Alpha Tauri. Um, even though on, I believe on race pace, if you look at fastest laps, I was watching a video from the race earlier about Williams and actually Williams has been slowest over the first two races, but it feels like, I guess, the thing is Yuki's been P11 in both races, but then certainly in Saudi, he got a big dose of luck with that safety car coming out when it did. So, mm, you know, yeah, generic predictions. Exactly, see, it's very generic, you know. Um <laughs> Any, any interesting what you got so we've got in terms of worldy drives 16% of you said Oscar Piastri which look he's never um, he's never raced around Albert Park has he as far as I'm aware anyway because they, they've never done F2 in Australia until this year they're doing F2 here um, and he was a he was a grid kid wasn't he in 2015 for Daniel Kvyat which is pretty sick that's pretty cool so he, he was holding Daniel's little flag um before the race but then um Kvyat broke down before he could even start the race so wasn't a great omen in the end uh 11% Ocon for a worldly drive interesting I guess yeah Alpine had good pace around Australia I guess that's the the theory behind it they had good pace here last year um remains to be seen this year but do I think Ocon's got the capability to pull out a type of qualifying that Fernando did last year no, I, I think, to be fair, I, I think when you've got um, Fernando and Ocon together, I don't, like, there wasn't much in it in qualifying. I think Alonso did slightly outperform Esteban in qualifying during their time together as Alpine teammates, but slightly. It was in races where Fernando really kind of flexed his muscles. I'm saying, but, um, 
and then 7%. Leclerc pulled out an unreal lap in qualifying to put it P2 in Saudi. Um, you got to say that as much as Ferrari's car is a bit stinky at the minute, um, Charles Leclerc's got the minerals to pull out an absolute worldie. So um, there you go. And yes, Lysander, Michael Massey has been spotted. Yeah, he's there this weekend, isn't he? Um, so less said about that, the better, I guess, isn't it? Um, last season in Australia, Alonso would have been on the front row. Yeah, potentially, because he had what, yeah, quickest middle sector, didn't he? And then Ocon P10. Yeah, I, I think it was, you would get those instances, wouldn't you? It's like every, maybe every like third race, Alonso would just whack the floor with Ocon in qualifying. But then the rest of the time, it would be within a tenth or two, you know, either way. So, but yeah, anyway, yeah, Leclerc can definitely make up for some of Ferrari's misgivings, but not all of them. Not at all. Um, cheers again, Mark. Big up Yuki and Albono. Mate, come on. Come on now. Uh, I hope they do well. I'd love to see I'd love to see them scrapping again. It's, it's quite nice seeing them two scrap, you know. My, my two boys. My, two of my faves, got to say. Right, they're, they're your predictions anyway. Um, boring. That's what I'm going to say. Boring. Your boring predictions. Verstappen winner. Boring. Alonso, Boring. The Vries, boring, right? Okay, mine are as follows. Um, I've gone, and we'll reflect on these on the Monday um, post-race stream, by the way, so that we've got receipts to how fraudulent my takes are. I'm going Checo race win because why not? It's a bit of a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a street circuit again. It's kind of not, but kind of is. So why not? Why not? Checo. Um, again, from the first two races, we've seen the race pace be fairly similar. Obviously, Bahrain Max did flex his muscles for sure, but we'll see. And, and you know, uh, technical gremlins in both of the first two races, particularly on Max's side of the garage as well, potentially, um, you know, it didn't result in the car breaking down, but it doesn't mean there's not potentially some issues there. So we'll see whether reliability becomes a bit of a thorn in uh, in Red Bull's side because we've, I mean, we've already had that for Aston Martin, I suppose, with Lance. It's just shame that um, sh shame that Lance couldn't have finished that race because it'd have been interesting to see where he would have ended up. But anyway, yes, race winner, I've gone Checo. Worldy drive, I've gone Logan Sargent. Um, again, like, I, th I think like, Logan. For all intents and purposes, out-qualified Alex um, in Saudi. Hugely impressive. And he's settled in really quickly. I think that Williams is... I don't know if they're going to be able to maintain, but I think they're looking pretty good at the start of this year. Um, it's a new track for Logan for sure, but why not? Why not? Stinker, I've gone Norris. Um, look, I, I, I think part of it is that the McLaren car is somewhat struggling. His luck has been appalling. Lando has had the worst luck. Um, like, he literally had to do 17,000 pit stops in Bahrain to get his air topped up. And then it's his teammate's front wing end plate that destroys his front wing in Saudi. But also he made a mistake in qualifying. Look, Lando's... Yeah. Lando was clearly a lot more comfortable in that car than Daniel Ricciardo was. And it showed in the performances and it showed, generally speaking, that Lando had a significant delta to Daniel. 
I think Oscar is already showing an adaptability, a, a youthful adaptability that Daniel Ricciardo talked about. Ignorance is bliss. Um, I think that's a very apt statement to make because, you know, Daniel's carrying all this historic car knowledge. He's got his style that he's very set into. Oscar is more fresh-faced. Um, adaptability is a big part of what makes Oscar as good as he is. Um, you look at the diversity of tracks that he succeeded in in Formula 2, the diversity of cars, obviously, you know, uh, Formula Renault, Formula 3, F Formula 2, they're all very different cars going into F1 as well. Um, yeah, and I, I think I think uh, Oscar's going to put a lot more pressure on Lando this season. That's what I'm saying. So th this will be like, I think this year, Lando, we will really see, because I think Oscar will push Lando because I think Oscar is the real deal. But I also think Lando's the real deal. What would team I'm going? Williams, I think I think Sergeant Points finish ahead of Albon. That's what I'm going for in terms of bold prediction. But I think they'll both be in a good place. I think they'll both be um on a similar level in the race, at least. Um and then Stinker team Alpha Romeo, because I haven't seen much to suggest any degree of emotion, positive or negative, about Alpha Romeo still. Um, it still just seems like stalling somewhat. But again, it's going to take time for Andreas Seidel to really enforce his kind of approach um, on that team. It's, it's going to take a while. Uh, thank you, Connor, for the five Aussie, mate. Appreciate it. I was working at the GP today. Got to say, site is looking lovely. And the supercars going around the track sounded amazing. Nice, Con. I, I, I'm guessing, are you, what, marshalling or just like event staff? Because uh, I've seen some... Um, I remember seeing some clips, maybe it's like last week, of the supercars going around Albert Park and just how close they go to the wall is just when you've got this massive, you know, two and a bit ton chunk of Aussie metal, although they're not chunks of Aussie metal anymore because they're Camaros and Mustangs. Um, but anyway, still, it's, it is a shame, isn't it? It is a, such a shame that supercars aren't aren't Holdens and, and Fords. Well, they are still Fords, but they're not Falcons, are they? Falcons and Commodores, man. That's just the prime generation, wasn't it? It's a shame. It's a shame. Um, is a dog a positive or negative? No, a dog is a, a negative description of a car. That's what I would say. Um, but yeah, actually, when I went to, was it last year? Went to, um, we were doing a Live, Live Fast video. We went to Pro Drive and they had a triple eight Falcon there. I think it was a triple eight one because pro drive, but well, I, I, I forgot to ask actually what involvement pro drive had, but it was definitely a Falcon and it was sick. It was really nice. But um, anyway, I move on. So those are my predictions. That's what I think is going to happen this week. And we'll see remains to be seen. Um, fantasy league, uh, this was my team uh, last weekend. This is how I scored. Um, I forgot to update my team. Hulkenberg and Joe stayed in. Ended up, I would have made moves that wouldn't have actually got me any more points, to be honest. So I'm going to wait until end of day tomorrow before qualifying. Yeah, because I'm up early. Up early Saturday, I, I, I want to get some knowledge of FP1 and 2 before I change my team, right? But also at the same time, I know I'll probably forget 
and also it's really early in the morning so I'm probably going to be watching qualifying from bed but anyway my team is Joe Charles Fernando Max Nico and then Aston and Red Bull are my teams um, but yeah we'll see Surely Perez replaced Leclerc, yeah, perhaps. Yeah, I, th I think Perez in at this early stage of the season where it feels like he's going to be a bit closer to Max than maybe it will be towards the end. Again, that's probably my best bet. So I'm not sure. I have to have a think um, who I'm going to change around. I mean, I'm definitely keeping Fernando and Max, that's for sure. And I'm definitely keeping Aston Red Bull. I think the other three are all up for, uh, up for moving around a bit. I reckon Magnussen wins it all. Well, look, Magnussen got a, what, P2 on debut, didn't he? around Australia when he was back at McLaren. So um, there you go. There you go. Um, thank you, Martin, by the way, for the 50 CZK. What about the new more strict ban on pit crew climbing the fence after the finish flag? Heard they want to give out penalties for that. Yeah, let's... Um, oh, intro rolling in. Let's, uh, let's, yeah, let's talk about that, actually. Um, there's, there's a few bits of news to, uh, to discuss. So the FIA have come out and said that basically if team personnel climb up the fences to lean over and like give it some, yeah, go on. Um, when their driver comes over the start finish line, that can result in a penalty. I'm not sure what the penalty is. Is it a sporting? Does anyone in chat know? W would it be a sporting penalty? Would it be a, because if it's a sporting penalty, then the teams definitely won't do it. If it's a monetary penalty, then <laughs> I mean, you feel like maybe, yeah, it's, you know what, right? So I'm going to make a poll. Do do you agree with the FIA intervening on team personnel climbing up the fences? Right. Uh, I can't spell personnel. There we go. Right. We're doing a poll. Do you agree? Because, look, it's, uh, okay. So, for example, do you remember, not many of you will, I'm sure. It's more, have you seen clips of F1 back in, not even that long ago. Even back in the early 90s, I think they used to do this. And they do still do this at like Le Mans as well. Um, the checkered flag is waved by someone who actually walks on the track and has the flag. And remember at Le Mans, was it like last year where a car swerved and it looked a bit sketchy at the end? Now, from my understanding, and again, that was tradition to, to kind of have that. And when that was abolished, I imagine people were a bit like up in arms. I, I don't think there was an incidence where someone you know, with the checkered flag ever got hit. I just think it was, you know, it clearly looks sketchy. Like you've got someone on the track with a flag who's like, you know, 10 foot from a car going zoom past. Now, the the, the thing with the thing with this, and look, 82% of you are saying you do not agree with the decision. I hate to be that guy, but when you think about it, do we have to wait for something to happen to intervene? Now, look, uh, trust me, I'm all for the pictures, the image. It, it's iconic. I love it, right? But let's just imagine that something did happen. Someone loses their grip 
falls onto the circuit. Just falls onto the circuit and, and, and they just land on the circuit and they'll hurt themselves because it's quite a fall. Don't get hit by a car, whatever. Like, it only takes one person, one individual to lose their grip or whatever. And then would your answer to the question be different? Look, I, it, it's one of them things where I do get it. I do get it from all sides. And it's one of them things that Yes, the images won't be quite as iconic. I think teams can still like lean out of the windows. But I do kind of think like uh, like if something happens, like that would be horrific. And it's like it feels like I, I do sometimes watch it and I'm like how can that how can that pit crew hang that far out? Like it's literally like over the track, like it is mad. Do they have enough of their... Oh, sometimes, RM, some, sometimes they definitely do have enough of their... No, but it's not even about making the fences strong. If if you lose grip, that's the thing. If you if you, if you you lose your grip for whatever reason, that accidents happen. That's what I'm saying. I, I just... When it comes to people being close to the track with cars going at speed, I get it, you know? So I, I'm not, to be honest, like, yeah, yeah, it's a bit of a shame, but I'm not going to be crying on social media about it personally because I do get it, you know? We're all grown-ups. If someone gets hurt, it'll be, okay, yeah, but so so you honestly say, like, imagine the worst-case scenario. You've got a car coming through. Someone falls, oh, someone falls, the car hits them, at, you know. They might not even be at race speed because it's the final lap but significant speed and they're brown bread. Like I, I I think then all of a sudden it becomes, um that then it's definitely getting bad. Then there's no question if that was to happen. And again, it's one of them. Are you proactive or are you reactive? And we've talked about this time and time again with safety in motorsport, safety in Formula One. You know, when something hasn't happened, it's like, do you wait for something to happen then to then do something about it or do you act proactively? You know what I'm saying? But anyway, right. Um, that was that little bit of uh, FIA shenanigans anyway. Um, they always find a way to take centre stage, don't they? Always always finding a way to take centre stage. But anyway, right. Let's talk about all the teams. Let's, let's get into it. Let's talk about McLaren. Um, so since we last, last spoke... Uh, McLaren have spoke about new upgrades, um, Baku, but also that's going to be the first of numerous upgrades, significant upgrades that are going to be coming over the course of the season. So reason for a degree of optimism from McLaren fans, obviously James Key has left the building and they've changed the structure. They've got three people now taking those, taking that responsibility. Um, you know, Andrea Stella's uh, decided that a different, approach is necessary at that team they've also their wind tunnel i don't think it's actually online yet but they've i think it's very very close um they've posted pictures on socials of um of them chilling with their wind tunnel let me let me actually um let me find the images for all of you video people watching um mclaren wind tunnel Something went wrong, but it's not your fault. Classic Twitter breaking all the time. 
Um, cheers, Elon. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's because I've got uh, my um, bloody VPN on. Right, McLaren wind tunnel. Oh, I've got I've got to find the images now. We've got Lando and all that posting with it. Are you gonna? Yeah, J June date is the. Um, there we go. June start date for their uh, for their new wind tunnel. Let's get the um, let's get the old screen share up. Hello, I'm over here, and then window capture. We're gonna go. Boom, on this one. Lovely job there. You can see Oscar and Andrea and some other pe and Zach and some other people chilling at the... Uh, there we go. There we, uh, is, this is what I was looking for. Boom. Nice. Nice wind tunnel. Lovely jubbly. Have a little mooch rounds. Just, just don't switch it on while you're in there because... You're going to get eaten up by them big fans. But yeah, look, good to see. Good to see some um, tangible progress because it feels like there's been talk about um, McLaren's wind tunnel forever. For, I feel like it's been so long we've been talking about McLaren's wind tunnel. Oh, it's going to come eventually. Well, June apparently is the... Uh, is the kickoff for that. Thank you, Leslie, for the uh, six euros, by the way. Any action by team breach in this ban will be reported to the stewards. So I think a penalty will be decided when it happens. Interesting. Yeah, I wonder, Leslie, if they're keeping the um, punishment behind closed doors so that teams don't risk it because then it's like, you know, if you uh around, you find out. <laughs> Did that work? <laughs> I think that worked. Um... Yeah. Stay for the tunnel, Lando, please. Yeah, exactly. They're trying to... Lando, please. We've got the new tunnel coming. <laughs> it worked excellent. Um, not much more to say. Again, pace hasn't been a mile off in these first two races. It's just the unfortunate luck and the unreliability in Bahrain has curtailed any opportunity to see where that McLaren pace is. It does seem to be off of the Alpine, um, at least definitely behind the alpine as this car stands right now um maybe the upgrade will uh maybe the upgrade will, will, will move things forward um but look it, it gives other teams that are behind mclaren a bit of an opportunity at the start of the year again williams can they get into the points alpha tarry close to the points who you know you'd like to you like to think from a mclaren point of view once this upgrade does come that they will be clear of those teams but yeah, fighting the Williams isn't great for right now, is it? Um, Alpha Tauri. Um, I've got anything to say, really. There's been any more rumours about the future of that team? I don't think so. Again, I think the race put together a video that was talking about how like the new ownership at Red Bull since the passing of Dietrich, um, they're not, you know, they're not the motorsport people that he was. Um, so. And I think Helmut Marco's only spoken to the new, you know, top Don um, at the head of Red Bull like a couple of times. Um, hasn't got that same connection that he was super close to Dietrich. So Dietrich was, um, sorry, Helmut was Dietrich's eyes and ears within F1, essentially. Because, you know, again, Helmut represents the kind of Red Bull GmbH side of the business more so. 
and Christian represents more of the Milton Keynes team side of the business, which again, there's, there's potential for a bit of frostiness there, you know, but, uh, but yeah, the Alpha Tower is just nothing to be excited about, is it really, to be honest, considering how quick the Rebel is, they've got the same engine, it just goes to show, you can have the same engine, but um, if your arrow ain't on point, then you are nowhere, hello Karen, oh yeah, that was, I just realised Drew, that was actually quite a poor analogy, but you know what I mean, it's it's a, it's a matter of uh, <laughs> a matter of saying uh, Williams 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 um, yeah I mean again I think Logan's been a been a really positive acquisition for that team James Vows is going to take him time blah 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 nothing we haven't said already uh, again Australia they made it work last year with that worldly strategy I don't think you know that's a certain set of circumstances that need to come together to make that kind of thing work. So I'm not overly... I think I think they'll have a good weekend. I don't think over the course of this season they'll be able to maintain it. It'll be them and AlphaTauri fighting for scraps at the back, I think, for sure. But um, they just need to capitalise on this momentum at the moment. I think that's why Alex was frustrated that you know, they came out of Saudi with nothing because he felt like points were on the boards and it's like every point you score is going to pay more dividends now because you've got this established top four, which means those top eight positions should be pretty set in stone for most races outside of technical issues. Then you've got Alpine who are then clear of the rest. So it makes picking up points even more difficult than it has been in the past. Um, But yeah, Opinion on cheating accusations in esports? Oh yeah, I don't know if any of you have been. Uh, any of you keep an eye on the old uh, on the old F one esports scene? But it's been a bit of a show at the minute, hasn't it? It's been a bit messy over there um, with the game basically having no anti cheat in it and all these top level pros being accused of cheating. It's um, it's pretty mad, and uh, yeah, I mean look. I, I've seen uh well I've seen well, Alex Gillen he did a video about it and then he got a temporary ban from from EA because he'd used the cheat and showed how to use the cheat or whatever. But as far as I'm concerned, like it, it's all on the developer. Like it's all on the developer. You've got a um you've you've got a you've got to draw attention to these things and just put it out into broad daylight to force EA and Codemasters to do something about it. That's that's the only solution. If you just like keep it all hush hush, no, make videos showing the cheat. That's the way I see it. That's the only way you're gonna get the developers to take it seriously and like act quickly. Because we're what the F1 esports season isn't that far off, and this is going to be a huge. If they don't bring in an anti cheat before that season starts, and they don't make it a LAN event either, which I don't know if they're gonna. I'm, I don't think they're gonna. Then that's going to be a huge cloud over the whole thing. And, uh, it, I, you know, and it, and it's, it sucks for all the, the drivers who, who most of them, I believe for sure. Like, I don't think, I don't think this is a problem where most of the top level drivers are cheating at all. No, I just think that having that question mark is going to hang a cloud over everyone, you know, everyone. And it's, um, it's not good enough. And F1 need to be putting the pressure on coders as well because this isn't just an EA problem. This isn't just a, you know, F1 are really putting their 
money and their focus and a lot of attention and, and exposure behind F1 esports. And yeah, they need to take this more seriously for sure. Um, and if it means people making videos and showcasing exactly where to get the cheat and how to get the cheat, then if that's what it takes and that's, well, that's what it takes. Yeah, you know, if you want to solve the problem, you don't solve it by keeping it quiet. You uh, full exposure, as far as I'm concerned, that's the way it should go. But um, what? Who am I? What do I know? Hey, eh? what do I know? I just used to used to be. I just used to be good at Forza back in the day, on my little pad, little game pad. Loved it. Um, okay, Williams. We've talked about Boom Haas. Yeah, again, Haas race pace. You know, good uh, in um, in Saudi. K-Mag was able to uh, move through, even though Snowden got the preferential kind of pit stop timing, um, made the pass for P10. I think the Haas car's in a good place. It just depends on whether they can maintain this momentum moving forward, whether this philosophy is the philosophy to go with, because yes, it's blatantly obvious that the Mercedes one is not the Ferrari one. Where's the ceiling to this philosophy, which seems a bit different to the Red Bull? Hard to say. We, we don't know. Our, you know, for all we know, the Ferrari philosophy that has have also gone down could be could have a higher ceiling than, than the Red Bull one, but it's just the Ferrari incompetence is not allowing them to, you know, to make the most of it. You know what I mean? Um, predictions for the Formula 2? Oh, good question. Definitely not the FIA. Good question. Yeah, Formula 2 uh, in Australia for the first time in ever. In ever so the teams don't have any data. You know, you look at the teams that have been uh, been doing well so far this season: MP, ART, Campos. You know, a lot of this is reliant in, reliant on historical data that they have. Um, no one has any historical data in F two around this track, so it's good. It's good. This if you're not watching F two this year, you really should be because it's super competitive. It's hyper competitive, man. Um, so many drivers who could be in for a for a title challenge for sure. I think I think this is going to be the most competitive season. I think this is the most stacked grid we've had since arguably 2018. I would say, I would say, genuinely. But we'll see. Yeah, Kush is doing a great job. Um, really taking it to any, what he, it's in his uh, his uh, rookie season in F2. Really taking it to uh, Darivala for for the battle of the. Uh, Strongest Indian driver in uh, in F2. But yeah, it's um, I'm buzzing for it. I mean, I'm not going to really be able to catch it because it's going to be in the middle of the night, But which is a, which is a shame, but highlights. <laughs> That's what highlights are for. Um, right, okay. Alfa Romeo, again, just overly, overly very mid. Um, Joe, absolute... Look... Unreal. Let, let me find... Um, tell you what, Joe's bringing the heat, man. Joe Guanyu is bringing the heat. Let, let, let me just show you his, uh, his, his, his outfit for uh, for this weekend so far. <laughs> it's, it's pretty mad. It's pretty mad one. But you know what? I rate it. Come on, Joe. Look at him. Yes, Sam. <laughs> Joe Guanyu, mate. Look at that. That is a that is a wavy combination. I'm not so sure about the jacket. I'll be honest. I, I get I get the design. The faces kind of. If it was a bit more abstract, and it didn't have the faces, then I'd be like all over it. Like the trousers are sick with the shoes. It's a great little combo. 
Um, very, very drippy. Absolutely. Absolutely. Good, good for him. Good for Joe. Showcasing his personality, his character, his interest, you know. Love to see it. And then, well, I guess if I'm going to, I should get up um, Valtteri as well then. Show off Valtteri's fit for this, um, mate. The tan lines. The tan lines are jokes. Right, here we go. Here we go. Got his own, uh, got his own vest. Look at the tan line on that. God, Valtteri, my guy. <laughs> oh, that tan line alone, alone. That's proper trucker's tan. You know, you can have one arm out the window all the time. It's uh, it's iconic, isn't it? It's like it's iconic. Good on the vouts. Even his trainers repping as well. Love it. Love to see it. Love to see it. Oh yeah. Also, we've got. Um, let me get. Uh, Max being blonde up as well. Max embracing the. Uh, here we go. <laughs> you <t> <laughs> <laughs> this image man this image this image is too much <laughs> Maxine Verstappen that's the vibes I'm getting <coughs> it's, a, it's a strong look it's a strong look Max <coughs> cheers Jamie for the uh, 799 Aussie forecast in Melbourne going to be rain for qualifying and dry but cold race interesting Interesting. Melbourne can be anything, yeah. I suppose you, you buy the coast, ain't you? So can throw up a lot of um, <clears throat> differences there. But rainy qualifying would be lovely. Would be really nice. Yeah, they've definitely picked a pose for this, haven't they? Hands behind the head, like very, <laughs> very, very sultry. You know what, like Max, Max gets there. I think Max, Max, Max got that's got good crack. I think he, I think he's he's funny. He he doesn't he takes himself seriously behind the wheel, but outside the car, he, I don't. He doesn't take take himself too seriously. You know what I mean? <clears throat> um, right, next team Alpine. Yeah, again, very good package at Australia last year, especially in the hands of Fernando Alonso. Will Pierre and Esteban be able to deliver that same level of performance? Doubtful, doubtful, but um, but I'll tell you what, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a good solid position to be in. I think Pierre's clearly made a, a swap up from Alpha Tauri now. You look at where Alpha Tauri is, it's, it's, it's nowhere. Um, do a favour and Photoshop Minton in that wig. I would never do that to him. Um, yeah, look, I, I, I think that, I think they're in, they're in an okay place, but there just needs to be this next step, doesn't there? Because it's just been talked about for so long and they just can't keep being top of the midfield, you know? Just on the cusp, like top 10, but just never getting in the Champions League or Europa League. Just, you know, not good enough. Is it Blue Alpine for this race? I believe it's the final race with the all-pink Alpine because I think it's the first three races that they were running the full pink. So, um, yeah, not much more to say on the Alpine lot. <sighs> Ferrari... Um, Ferrari, 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 Ferrari. They made no gains relative to last season at Saudi Arabia when you adjust for the track changes at Saudi in turn 22. Uh, they were exactly the same race pace. So, yeah, it's um, it's not great. They're still really struggling to 
you know, manage their tyres. It's funny how certain car weaknesses carry on over years, years. Like Williams has been really weak to um, wind for years, even across different generations of car. Ferrari on the tyres, I feel like has quite consistently been a bit of an issue. Um, you know, McLaren has had a certain way of driving it that's tricky, that's gone over generations again, part of the reason why Daniel struggled so much. Um, yeah, it's not great. Look, Ferrari got great pit stops now. They've improved. Like in, in some of the procedural stuff, I, I feel like there, there's, you know, we've not seen enough. Yes, it's been two races, but for them to be quickest pit stops at Saudi, that's that's impressive. Like I think Fred Vasseur, that's probably part of it. You know, the Fred effect, maybe. Um, yes, it is live, Giddy. Welcome. Uh, yeah, it's just, it's just disappointing, isn't it, really? It's just more disappointment for Ferrari fans, and my expectations are low. So, I haven't really got much more to say on them. It's just a bit of an L. Need but not to build a good car. Look. It's again look that this issue at the front is is partly because Ferrari fell away. You know, Ferrari and Red Bull were both clear last year until Mercedes caught up towards the end. And Ferrari whereas Red Bull have continued to progress forward, Ferrari have completely stalled. And you know what? Honestly, I, I, I think part of it is maybe because of the changes. Like whenever you're bringing in a new team principal and you're bringing in new staff and people are leaving because they're upset Bernardo got dropped or whatever, like that instability is going to affect your ability. Whereas Red Bull have been the most stable team in F1. Like they've had Christian Horner at the helm since what, 2006, whenever the team started. And that's never changed. So that stability is part of the reason for Red Bull's success as well because they haven't chopped and changed like Ferrari have been so guilty of doing. Whereas Mercedes' issue has more been going down an incorrect direction, which, again, they have um, acknowledged and things are coming. Again, it's like, how do they catch up, you know? Red Bull have got this ATR penalty until October, I think it is. And so then that's that opportunity for, you know, the offset to be bigger. Yes, obviously... Red Bull are going to win the Constructors title. That's pretty much guaranteed. So they'll have the lowest allocation next year. But rather than having 5% lower than P2, at the moment with the penalty, they've got like 12% lower than P2. Let's do the maths there. Not much to say. Uh, actually, yeah, there's been a few comments that... Uh, I saw something with Sky Sports talking about like comments from George about like it wasn't like... Lewis implied it was luck or something. I, to be honest, I haven't read the details. Um, that luck that George had the better setup at Saudi and then George was like, no, it wasn't luck. I don't know. I don't really have a strong opinion. I mean, teammates are going to, you know, have their little digs at each other. It happens. It's pretty normal. Um, and I, I, I think that, you know, while this Mercedes is where it is, which is quite comfortably off the front. You know, George and Lewis are going to be able to keep it. You know, there's going to be the odd little... Because George isn't going to be to Lewis what Valtteri was to Lewis. That's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I don't know. 
I, I, I don't know. I, I, I think, I think it could get interesting if, if the car was because George is gonna not gonna just be a number two driver. That's not gonna happen. He's not gonna be a, um, he's not gonna be a number two driver. He's not gonna settle for that role. Um, you know, Valtteri had a year by year contract, and probably part of the reason for that was to keep him somewhat in line um, and not fight too hard. But uh, yeah, exactly. It's, it it. It strikes to me as one of them things that it's a comment that gets blown up out of proportion because, you know, people want there to be... And, and I think, you know, I, I think from a sporting point of view, there's very valid reasons for there to to be a bit of, you know, a bit of heat between the two of them. But not right now. Not when the car's in this state and they're as this far off the front. That they 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 know that they know that they need to work together. They know that them fighting each other is going to achieve nothing for the team and the ultimate ambition for both of them, which is to fight for a world championship. You know, if it was a Mercedes in Red Bull's position right now with Russell and Hamilton, that would be whole oh, phenomenal. That would be so good. If Checo was as close to Max as George is to Lewis. Then again, I'd say the same this year, but I just don't think Checo's going to have it over the course of the year, unfortunately. Um, but I, I hope I'm wrong. I hope I'm wrong, in part because these lot have come for Aston Martin, bringing upgrades. Have they brought a new rear wing? Um, can anyone in chat confirm? Because I know there was talk of Aston Martin bringing a new rear wing because their DRS, so in terms of top-line speed, they've been really struggling, Aston Martin. Um, they've been losing a lot of performance in straight lines. DRS hasn't been amazing. Um, I think there was talk of them bringing a new rear wing for Australia, but it might have to wait till Baku. I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll see soon enough. But uh, yeah, I think they're in a, they're in a strong place again. I, I think Lance is is somewhat stepping up as well. I mean, his overtake on Carlos Sainz around Saudi. Whew. That's not the overtake of someone who's not there or now on merit for sure. Like. I think I think Lance has proven now that he's he's an F one driver on merit now. I think he got the opportunities to grow and develop and build and the consistency and time to now sharpen his skills and be a very capable F one driver. And but also I think he's going to be a comfortable number two to Fernando Alonso, and I don't think that's a problem, Aston Martin. I saw a few articles talking about like, oh like Lawrence won't be happy that Fernando's taken number one. Like Come on. Like, no, obviously that was going to happen. Like, even if the performance was closer between the two of them, it's Fernando Alonso in a car fighting towards the front. He's the one with the experience. He's the one with the knowledge. This is why Lawrence brought him on. Like, there's no way that Lawrence would be like, oh, well, it's because my, my son's not at the front. Like, I'm going to be... No, nonsense. What a load of nonsense. That's nonsense, mate. It's fine. Um, they're in a really good position, really strong position, Aston Martin, really healthy position. And... Uh, they still haven't even got their new facility yet, which makes it all the more impressive. So um just goes to show you can have all the facilities you like, all of the, you know, all of the tech, all of the infrastructure, but nothing replaces human minds that know what they're doing, you know? And Aston Martin certainly have that now. So again, they are our only hope for a multi team title championship we've just got to hope that Checo can sustain close performances to Max and give him something to think about because that is what come on you can do it Checo we believe 
Now, look, again, for real, based off the evidence, Max will, you know, comfortably outperform Checo over the course of 23 races. But these first two have given us a lot to be hopeful around. I do hope. I do hope Checo can sustain a challenge and we know from we know from Saudi look again this is these are two drivers driving self selfishly and um you know kind of the whole multi 21 situation with seven mark back in the day like you've just got to in this instance if you're Checo and if you're Max you've just got to assume that your teammate is going to drive for themselves and no one else and Red Bull have got such a performance advantage right now that they can afford, kind of like Mercedes could afford in 2014, 15, 16. You, you can afford your two to race to fight it out. You know, if Ferrari were closer, if Mercedes, if Aston Martin were closer, Red Bull, if they want to win a driver's title, if they want to win a constructor's title particularly, they would have to be more assertive in reading them in. Hopefully... The one, again, this is the one kind of silver lining of them being so dominant as a team is that they can allow them to to race. It's just whether Checo can actually keep up the pace and be there consistently alongside Max. Because, again, it's very much based off of hope and not too much based off of logic so far. No offence, Checo, obviously, but Max has just been that good. Um, you know... He's done it to many teammates before, but you know this is Checo's third season at that team now. So hopefully he can kick on because there is nothing more I'd like. I'd love to see. I've said this before. Out of the top, well, it was the top six last year, um, top eight now, I guess. And yeah, even now at that top eight, Checo is the driver that I'd love to see win a championship the most. Because just imagine the vibes. Oh my god, all of Mexico would just erupt it would be incredible incredible if Perez wins at 100% retire do you reckon yeah mate I don't know maybe maybe he's, he's had a great career he's had a, he's had a long career as well so we'll see um, right cool that's all teams talked about now I do want to talk about one other thing and this is part of a bit of a broader we did this last time out where I um I took some of my live stream and chopped it up and made it into a video. And there's a particular talking point, a particular subject that I want to cover. So let's talk about changes to practice, shall we? Because this is a quote from Stefano Domenicali, CEO of Formula One. I am a supporter of the cancellation of free practice sessions, which are of great use to the engineers, but that the public do not lack. Now, this was quoted from Sport TV. Um, which I believe is a Portuguese uh, media outlet. Um, quotes from Stefano. Now, F1 have tried to kind of walk back these comments somewhat. However, there is definitely a degree of underlying truth to this that not necessarily removing and cancelling all of free practice, but reducing the amount of free practice and you know, more competitive running on a Friday, for example, which is what we get with sprint races. It's inevitable that these things are going to change. We even had quotes from George Russell talking earlier today um, around, which is a very good point that, you know, F2 and F3, those junior drivers deserve more practice than they actually get. They don't get much at all. 
um, compared to F1 and how George was at first against sprint races. He didn't particularly like them, but now we've had a few. He's settled into it. He enjoys them. And, you know, offering competitive offering competitive running on a Friday, as far as I'm concerned, is an inevitability. There is no point fighting it. It's going to happen. There will be some kind of competitive running on Fridays. It's, it's going to happen. So... You might as well try and make the be- try and make the best of it, you know. Try and make the best of the situation rather than just, you know, oh no, let's keep exactly as the way it is. So I want to start. I want to poll you lot first and foremost. So, um, I guess the more broad question: um, Would would you welcome changes to? Free practice one, two, and three. Any kind of kind of straight yes or no answer. How many of you are, you know, practice? No, leave it alone. <laughs> Keep away from my practice. Don't touch my practice. <laughs> Okay, because what I want to do, I, I want to go kind of day by day, because you've got to remember, right, you look back to 2020 Imola, and we saw, um, yeah, t- what was it, was it 20? Yeah, you look back to 2020 Imola, and that was a two-day weekend where you had um, nothing on Thursday, you had all media on Friday, then you had one practice session, which replaced free practice free, it was free practice free, was the the Saturday morning and then you had qualifying and it was much shorter. And so we've seen that done as well as obviously the sprint races as well. Um, Now, there's a few kind of, few considerations. So with that shortened weekend, it was a much better from the team personnel point of view um, in terms of staff, in terms of race crews. This is a tough job. Um, it's not as glamorous as it's made out to be. And yes, you fly around the world, but you know, you're know jet lagged all the time in economy. You don't see your family. And anything that sport can do to minimize the impact on driver crews, I still think more should and could be done within the cost cap to allow for you know rotating pit crews and all that, all that because it is incredibly labor inducive. It's, it's the unglamorous work that we as fans don't see and we don't, we, we take for granted ultimately. Um, so that's important to, to bear in mind. It's also important to bear in mind that most viewers, most people watching are not hardcore fans like us, okay? Like, if you're here watching this and you're still here, all, you know, 1,200 of you, and thank you, like like the stream, by the way, like the stream. Um, you know, <laughs> there is a degree of assumed um, intelligence that I have in all of you that you're here and you know what you, you know, you've got a good understanding of F1, you've got, keen interest because you're watching some random bloke chat on YouTube about it. And, um, but most fans who, you know, buy merchandise, who buy tickets, most aren't as hardcore as us. And the product has to work. From a business point of view, from a commercial point of view, it has to work more for them than it does for us. 
that's the reality. Now, obviously, in an ideal world, it works for everyone equally. And that is somewhat the case, but also be honest, right? Here we go, right? So 61% of you say you would welcome changes. Okay. So now I've got another poll for you, right? Um, what do, 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 are you more likely to watch qualifying on uh, watch F1 coverage on Friday if there is qualifying instead of just practice? Are you more likely to watch F1 coverage on a Friday if there is qualifying instead of just practice? Because I'll be honest, right? This is my job. And it's an absolute privilege to do what I do. Do I watch every single practice session, every single race? No. Sometimes I do. Most of the time I have it on in the background. And then I just kind of have it loud. And then oh, if I hear anything, like, oh my God, I'll go and like, see what's going on. Do, do, I, do I sit there and like keenly watch? No, not really. Sometimes I do, but not all the time. And I've got the privilege of being able to do that because my work on a Friday isn't in an office. My work on a Friday is consuming the F1 and, and making videos and writing scripts and all that, right? So 72% of you are saying even even of us lot, even of, even of us, even of us more hardcore, more engaged, more interested F1 fans, you know, 70% of us are more likely to watch on a Friday, to go out of our way to watch on a Friday if there is qualifying a competitive session versus if there is just practice. So again, Friday competitive running is going to happen for every race. It's going to happen. It, it's it's, it's going to happen. It makes sense. More people view, more people watch, not just casuals, but even the hardcores like us. More people are interested and engaged. So, Honestly, like it would be, it, it, it it's silly to, to for the for F one to not do that, and they're they're gradually rolling out sprint races. We've got six this year, and whether that's the exact format, I don't know. And we'll talk about that. But again, there's no point fighting it. It's going to happen. It's going to happen. Seventy percent of you are more likely to watch F one coverage on a Friday if there is qualifying instead of just practice. And I agree. I, I I'm more likely to watch if there. I mean, I'm I'm not going to miss qualifying. Like. If I if I can avoid misqualifying, missing qualifying, I will. Wait, what am I saying? I've just. Got, I will not misqualifying if I can avoid, not missing qualifying. Anyway. <laughs> anyway, and the other thing to consider is, of course, the global time zones. Now, obviously, if if this sport is going to move to a less European centric calendar, um, having competitive sessions that work at a time that works for as many different people, as many different markets, not just the European market, but also the American market, South and North, and the, you know, you go Far East, you know, uh, it's grown significantly in the um, in the kind of Middle East as well, and if we get a race in Africa, that's going to only add to, to the likelihood of um, that fan base grind too. So, you know, I think that, I think that needs to be considered as well, for sure, uh, to, to make things work from a, for a time for in a timely way for everyone that's what i'm saying in a very waffly um not very succinct i'm not i'm not a very succinct uh concise person okay this is why you're here um okay so starting with thursdays starting with thursdays 
can we have some suggestions please in chat of what should happen on a Thursday because I've given this thought I've given thought on what would be you know blank sheet blank sheet of paper how does an entire F1 weekend look in 2023 like what's your ideal based on what the sport is now again increased fan base increased casual following taking that into account 23 probably should be 24 races really um, if China hadn't got cancelled um, the impact that hasn't Taking all them things into consideration, what do you say happens on a Thursday? And thank you, LFC Letters, by the way, for the 10 quid. And can very much see a Friday, practice quali, Saturday, practice sprint, and then Sunday race in the future, which is, again, it's kind of what we see on a sprint, week, sprint weekend, um, rolling out across all of them eventually, I think. I agree, LFC. And thank you. Appreciate the support. Um, sprint race every day, Diane. Do you reckon? Do you reckon? I reckon that pop. So right, what are we saying? Um, Thursday. Thursday is scrap Thursdays. Nothing Thursday. No change. Press like usual. Nothing. Yeah, it, it, it's either press or nothing. I think nothing works if you're going to have a two day weekend. Um, however, what I'm saying, my suggestion for Thursday is that it's, it stays as media because, and I asked this on Twitter yesterday, that the media marketing staff salaries are not included in the cost cap. So you can have more people, you can spread that workload more evenly. And ultimately, compared to the, uh, the amount of work and effort the, um, the, drive, the, the pit crews need to put in, the driver's... I, sorry, but you're, you're you're doing full days on Thursday, media. You look at how the sport's growing, the, there's more sponsors than ever now. I mean, McLaren are announcing one every other day, it seems. And that's going to put more obligations on the drivers to to do media. And I, I, I think I think keeping keeping media Thursdays is fair. Keep the press day. That's what I'm saying. So all day Thursday, media, track walk, get all that stuff done. Um, I'm, I'm happy with that as it is because I think there is a solution because I just think the, the staff that are required for a Thursday aren't the staff who are getting burnt out like the race crews because, again, they, cause they're exempt from the... Because th those expenditures are exempt from the cost cap. So I don't think that's a necessity, you know. Um, I'm going to be announced as a sponsor. Who do you reckon is next in the live chat to be announced as a McLaren sponsor? It's an, it's an inevitability, right? It's coming. Okay, so fr Friday's a bit more interesting. So first of all, chat, what are we doing Friday a.m.? Friday in the morning. So between start of day and midday. What are we saying, chat? What what suggestions would you would you have for uh, for Friday in the morning? FP1, FP1 practice, one 90-minute session on Friday. Chat GPT, I mean, chat GPT on, on Friday, so that could, uh, that could work. Reserve drivers only. Yeah, maybe that's one to, uh, to reserve for... Because you, you want... What's a, I think it's a really good thing about practice is that it does give these opportunities to these young drivers to, to have a go in F1 machinery. And I like that about practice. I think that's something that... Um, there should be uh, some somewhat of a desire to preserve, you know. But also, I think it should be. Um, 
we'll get in, we'll get into it because because I've I've got a suggestion that's a bit different to uh, to most of you. Although someone has mentioned what I'm going to say, um, two hour free practice, sleeping, yeah, nice. Okay, well, so for me, Friday morning, I'm saying even more media <laughs> for the drivers, and I'm not sorry. Um, okay, so partly this is because it's twofold, really. Um, again, increased sponsor um, requirements, increased fan base, you know. And when I say media, I mean like going and meeting fans and like going to fan zones and all that stuff. That, for me, that's all part of it because that is as much media as it is, you know, doing some TikToks or whatever. So really using that Friday morning session, no cars on track, no F1 cars on track and just exploiting that kind of that further. That's the, that's the way I see it. That's that's the way it should be. Because as well as that, you're also then pushing back when the engineers, when the when the race teams, the race crews have to set things up to the afternoon, to the PM session. So it's taken, it, it's kind of in between what they did in Imola in 2020 with only having um, practice on Saturday morning, but not having it Friday morning, having it Friday afternoon. So it's kind of in the middle. You're taking a little bit of 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 pressure, a little bit of time sensitivity off of the race crews so they can arrive a little bit later. Cause I think it needs to be a bit more sustainable from their point of view. So surely you could feel Yeah, but that's what I mean, Wesley. You can you can put there's always with drivers like I know drivers moan about media, but as far as I'm concerned, deal with it. Like it's a small price you've got to pay for the privilege of being an F1 driver and racing these cars because without the fans, you don't have a job. That's the reality because without the fans, you don't have sponsors who watch. Without the sponsors, you don't have money to go racing. So for me, having the drivers do more with fans and be more available for that stuff, even than they are now, Sorry, I don't have an I don't have an issue with it. Um, so then, in the PM, in the PM, I'm doing FP1, but it's two hour FP1, two hours free practice one. <laughs> Raikkonen would have hated this suggestion. Yeah, he would. But you know what? He doesn't have a job if the fans aren't there. So let's give a bit more back to the fans. So instead of having an FP1 and FP2, I'm putting that time together and then moving it into the PM. Just packaging it differently, okay? But also, FP, nah, to, to, FP1 is, it's the first time you see cars on track. Two hours is fine for that. I would also say that you would have within that two hour, you would have to put your reserve. You'd still do that whole reserve driver thing, but you would put them in for like, I don't know, an hour in one of the cars that can be decided. You can have um, driver changes. I know it's a bit involved, but teams can prepare beforehand. They can get the seats set up and all that. Um, so that's not two separate better because you can make changes to the car. Yeah, but again, uh, the difference between doing two one-hour sessions 
and one two hour session in terms of efficiency and in terms of time saved from a from from a race crew point of view i think it's worth it i think it's worth it because then after fp1 15 minute break one shot qualifying in reverse fp1 order yes i'm still banging the one shot qualifying drum all right I am because one shot qualifying will set the grid for the Saturday sprint. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You knew it. You knew it, Christian. You knew it. Mate, listen, just, just, just give me the job already. Like my version of F1 will be phenomenal, right? Evening, one-shot quality in reverse FP1 order. So again, the track will have had the track will have had two hours of cars lapping around it. So the track evolution gained from one-shot quality is going to be minimal, surely. Especially as it's later in the evening as well, so it'd be a bit colder. One-shot quality in reverse FP1 order. So typically, you're going to get the slower car going out first and then build through it. To set the grid for the Saturday sprint. So if you crash in FP1, your weekend is screwed. Yeah. If you no, if you crash in F, FP1, actually, no, 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 it's not screwed. Your whole weekend's not screwed, Adonis. Right? Hear me out. If you crash in FP1, your FP1, your sprint quality, and then probably your sprint race is screwed. Yes. But that's just the, that's just the warm up. That's just the warm-up. Imagine if it starts raining halfway through. Well, imagine if it starts raining halfway through Q3. What, what happened to uh, Kevin Magnussen? He set his lap and then it started raining more. Was that fair? That's what happens. You can't control it. Unless you're going to have every single track be indoor, you can't control... I thought that was a ring doorbell. You can't control every single variable and, and one shot's no different to, to, to the way it is at the minute you know it could rain halfway through a session now so for me that's not a uh yeah it'd be spicy exactly it would be spicy um so then saturday saturday morning for me fp2 you have your hour crack on boom lovely enjoy your little fp2 but keep it clean because 15 minute break after FP2. FP2 is the same hour long as normal. 15 minute break. And then classic qualifying. Q1, Q2, Q3. To set the grid for the race on Sunday. Now, now everyone loves Q1, Q2, Q3 qualifying. So no one's going to be complaining about that. Apart from Quran with all the uh, question marks. Because then, so that's in the AM. FP2. And qualifying, normal qualifying in the AM. And then PM, sprint race, which is... See, I, I don't know whether it should be a quarter race distance or it should be 100 kilometers like it is. This is too much running for me. Yeah, but I got rid of FP1. I got rid of a whole practice session and replaced it with more competitive running. So actually, it's probably less running, Matthew. Let me have it at the minute. Um, so the sprint is either a quarter race distance or a or hundred kilometers, but 
for me, my brain hurts. Don't worry, in the video version of this, I'll put graphics on the screen. It'll make a lot more sense. But then, for me, what the sprint needs, in my opinion, is a mandatory pit stop. Mandatory pit stop. Boom. Okay, yeah, I've got rid of one practice session. I merged I merge two practice sessions together and then I've added one shot qualifying, which is one out lap and one push lap. So I've not really added any running. Come on. I've not added any meaningful running. Mandatory pit stop for the sprint race. Mandatory pit stop for the for the sprint race. I don't see it's why, why it's not feasible for the teams. Because then you'll you'll give all you're doing is you're giving teams a time frame and being like, okay, you've got an hour to practice, then you've got a fifteen minute break, then you've got to go qualifying. Deal with it. Like the teams will deal, the teams will moan about it. But um mandatory refueling. <laughs> mandatory stop. That's what I say. And then you can chat chuck that allocation maybe in if you want. Chuck that allocation in, if you really want to. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say forced tyre compound change. I, I'd agree with that, Jamie. Um, two softs, boom. Mandate a pit stop. Adds a bit more. You know, you could get some drivers stopping right at the start and try and get some clean air to drive in or doing an Albon, right, waiting right to the end. Let's see. That. See, G genius is often mistaken for... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? for <laughs> cooking <laughs> too many gimm why, why is it a gimmick it's not it's just moving things around a little bit and adding one shot which is no more of a gimmick than any other form of qualifying that's it insanity that's the word I was looking for nah but it's true genius though true genius um, and, and also one other thing FP3 on a um, on a Saturday, and and this is the one caveat. Maybe I'd, I'd change about my system because FP three at the moment is the least useful of the sessions, um, from my understanding. Having spoken, well, chatting to um, Blake about it. Shout out Break F one. And why not elim no elimination qualifying is nothing like one shot Jennifer. It's nothing like one shot would be so good now. It's so good. So good. You've got the ball. You can follow each car. You can build it up. You can... Uh, it'd be sick. 100% it'd be sick. You can make it sick, definitely. Great. Especially around a track like Monaco, where then you don't have to worry about someone binning it and ruin everyone, ruining everyone else's laps. Hey, listen, Ken. Formula E qualifying is actually decent. I'll give it that. I'm not a big fan of Formula E, but... It's decent. Um, yeah, and then sprint race, I, I don't have a huge amount of a problem with the sprint race, to be honest. Like, and, and I think it's going to, this will be, this is going to be an inevitability. For me, this system, because I'm keeping Sunday, Sunday can stay the same. Sunday, Sunday I'm happy with, Sunday's all good. So you push, you first run out into the PM on Friday to give teams a little bit more time. And then you add a one shot qualifying in for sprint. Okay, elaborate on one shot. Okay, okay, come on, I'll elaborate on one shot. So, 
one shot qualifying and, and again maybe you could have the uh yeah so I, i've said you have it in reverse fp1 order the order in which the cars go out so you've got max p1 in fp1 you've got i don't know de Vries bottom so de Vries will go out first again track evolution will be a thing to a tiny extent because you've already had two hours of all 20 cars going around the track versus one lap per car for, again, literally one lap. And then you just follow each one. On the on the build-up lap, you get all the graphics on screen. Nick DeVries from the Netherlands. Like looking at the car, and then a little bit of him talking about, oh, how's he feeling about the sprint? Um, how's he feeling about the one shot? And then it's like Mario Kart. Do, 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 do. Sets off on the lap. Follow, follows it. We, we see it with, um, we've seen it in both qualifying sessions for the first two races where it's just been following Alex because Alex has gone out at a weird time. And the, 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 the camera feeds now, the quality of coverage you get following one car with the onboard, with the helmet cam, with all of the external cameras, the, the moving cameras that follow along. You can't tell me that F1 couldn't produce that in such a way that it makes a big song and dance about all of these laps following that. It would work. It would definitely work. It would definitely work. And it wouldn't take long. Exactly, Corbin. It, it, it wouldn't take long because... So say it's, what, a one-minute 30 lap time. So if car one goes out, out lap takes, what, I don't know, two and a half, two and a half minutes. I don't know how much longer an out lap takes, typically, to get your tyres up to temp. Then that, car's, that, that, then that car goes like the clappers. Then, what, when they're halfway around their quick lap, the next car comes out. So we watch the rest of it. And then they finish their lap. Boom, they're on there on the leaderboards. And then... It goes to the next driver who's already on their outlap. But I don't see why track evolution would form more of a pace gap in one shot. Because track evolution comes from more rabble going down on the track. But you've already had two hours just before. Because again, there's not 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 there's a 15 minute gap between my FP1 and one shot qualifying. There's only a 15 minute gap. So the additional track evolution there for me is marginal. But also that's incentive to go faster in FP1. You want to go out later to get a more preferential slot. So also it incentivizes, you know? Oh yeah, and, and Jamie, exactly. Part of it is that if a car bottles it into the wall, and yeah, maybe maybe in that case then it is, you wait until the car finishes their quick lap for then the next car to come out. Because if someone does bottle it and crash, then, you know, obviously the session stops and the track's cleaned up or whatever. And then no one ruins their lap. No one's wasted a set of tyres by going out and doing their out lap and someone else has crashed. Because there's time. There's, there's definitely time. Um, but yeah. Listen, I look, I'm not going to sit here and say I've got all the answers, but for me, there is literally nothing... There is, there is zero downside to my plan. That is a joke. Um, there's always going to be downsides. The thing is, a perfect qualifying system does not exist. Okay? There, there's always, uh, you get traffic in Q1, Q2, Q3. You get uh, changeable weather in Q1, Q2, Q3. You get tow from teammates, which could be deemed as unfair in Q1, Q2, Q3. Um, 
you know, this gets rid of some of those things. It doesn't get rid of all of them and some potentially others it might make worse, but it's no less good of a system than it than what we have currently. It's just different. And then this week, this way, you've got competitive running on a Friday. You've got both forms of qualifying. You've got a sprint race. You've got no less running time. It's a bit easier on the pit crews and the mechanics and, and, and all that. Nah, simple solutions are boring, Shani. This is this is the real one. I'll make again. I'll make it seem simpler in the video. Um. So right. Okay. So for, for anyone who's who's listened through all of that, what <laughs> what do you do you think of my system? Is it great? Is it okay? Or is it awful or terrible? Come on. Hear me out. Come on. <laughs> the first vote was eh. So it just went straight to 100% eh. <laughs> oh, God. L plus right. Look, listen, right? Fr again, Friday competitive running is going to happen. There is no point denying it or being like, oh, no, I like it the way it is. It's going to change. We need to accept it. It's going to change. It's going to happen. So how do we make the best of it? And for me, I think I've made the best of it. It's good. Trust, it won't be... I can make it less confusing in an edit. Okay, I promise. I've never clicked terrible quick. <laughs> now, this is what I like about you, though. You're, like, honest with me. I, I, don't, I don't need... Um, I, I don't need a bunch of uh, liquors. I just need... Um, I just need people who are going to support me um, through thick and thin and tell me when I'm wrong, when I'm wrong. You know, my, my, my bum does not need to be licked. That doesn't need to happen. Um, but anyway, right. Okay, cool. I think we're done. Thank you all for coming. Appreciate you all taking the time. Also, I just realized that I completely forgot to uh, record this stream. So I'm going to have to download it in YouTube afterwards. But anyway, thank you to everyone who listened. Uh, thank you to everyone who watched. Hour 35. These streams are getting longer, aren't they? Um, I do apologise, but never mind. Uh, I will grab Minton for everyone who's watching on YouTube. Um, this is your gift. Uh, Minton. I think he's there. I think he's, yeah, he's in the snuggie. Minton. Minton. Hello. He's sound, though, isn't he? Of course he is. Oh, there he is. There he's moving. Hello, sausage. Come on. All your fans want to see you. All your adoring fans. There we go. Here he is. What do you think of my new uh, system for the F1 weekend, Minton? Do you think... No? Oh. Well, that's not a good sign. Found it pretty boring. Why are you, st why are you standing so weird? He's, he's like almost completely standing on his own. I'm not really holding him that much. Um, here he is. Here he is. Good boy. Ah. <laughs> he's so tired how are you this tired it's half one in the afternoon mate and you've slept all day and he hasn't parted all night I mean maybe he has maybe you've been low-key partying all night mate well say bye to everyone thank you all for coming again like the stream subscribe to the channel uh, if you're listening on audio only then do all the things that you need to do comment uh, review um, carry a pigeon any way of uh, inflating my ego by telling me how great I am. 
will be welcomed. <laughs> right, thank you all for coming. Cheers, Jamie, again for the 299. In Oz, we have V8s and Carrera Cup as well as F1. You do. They had that Miami as well, actually. Well, the Carreras, anyway. Not the V8 supercars, but they had the, uh, they had the Carreras out, which were loud as you like, actually. Um, hopefully, I didn't miss any super chats, but yeah. Ring that bell, exactly, Clorox. Ring that bell, like that video, subscribe to that channel, and I will see you for the last lap on Sunday, actually. Um, early, early, early doors. And then Monday, back on here, post-race chinwag. Thank you again all for coming. I'll see you next time. Ciao, adios, I'm done. Goodbye. Good boy. Bye, bye, bye.